Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. I'm Eric Kane, alongside Brent Hubbs, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis. As always, big shout out and big thank you to Exterior Home Solutions. For a free estimate, you can give them a call today at 865-524-5888 or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. A lot going on this week, a whole lot of recruiting questions in the mailbag, some baseball, football as always. We'll go ahead and start with recruiting. And uh, John Lee wants to know, Austin Price, Camarion Franklin, where do we currently stand and what needs to happen to close him? Uh, deep in that one, uh, Auburn, Ole Miss, Tennessee, um, all, you know, kind of to me at the top. Um, you know, I mean, it's hard not to worry about Ole Miss a little bit. I mean, they're just down the road, um, you know. And so, like, I, what do you – what do you, does it take to close him? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just think he needs to have another strong – weekend in Knoxville and and you know there are people around him that are very pro Tennessee and you know we'll kind of see where things go from there but like like I said on the board and like I said for a while Tennessee's gonna lend their fair share in the next six weeks and when I say fair share that doesn't mean they have to go you know sweeping everybody like Tennessee's not gonna likely end up with Wingo Matthews and Jefferson you know as their wide receivers just like they're likely not gonna end up with Winery and Cam Franklin across the defensive front if you can get some semblance of a combination of those guys, it's a real positive. And, uh, you know, again, I think that Tennessee's in it with Cam, just like they're in it with Winery, and uh, we'll see if they can figure out a way to land one of them. We'll go to Nieper, and he wants to know, who is the offensive lineman, Brent, that you expect to make the biggest jump this year? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, we don't know what John, who John Williams is, right? I mean, we haven't seen who did John I mean, John Campbell. We we haven't. John Williams was the guy who did a he was score. A composer. He was a composer, maybe. Um, sorry about that. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so I I think that's a good question. I mean, is that Addison Nichols? You know, is he's the guy that makes the jump? There's a lot of talk about him, but I think he's got to go out and prove it and and be consistent. You know, somebody's got to make a jump at right tackle, but that jump is just simply embracing being a right tackle. To me, I, I don't think that. That, that there's a huge jump that's required for Gerald Mincy from a physicality standpoint or, uh, uh, you know, it's just more mentally that, that he embrace being a right tackle and, and take off and run with that job. Rob, we'll go to Doolittle Vol. Have you ever seen this much success across the board with this athletic department? Gosh, no. And, and I'm, I'm mainly focused on the, on the big three. I mean, where our focus is of, you know, football, basketball, then, here in the past few years, thanks to Coach Fatello, baseball. But uh, no, I mean, I think it's pretty unprecedented to you know, New Year's Six Bowl. At one point, you're ranked number one in the college football playoff. Sweet 16 team, you know, you spend some time in the top five in, in basketball. And obviously, you're one of the eight going to Omaha. Um, and, and, you know, late, late, 
don't shortchange the Lady Vols either. I mean, Sweet 16 appearance there. Um, AP's, a AP can tell you what the golf team did, but I know it was not too shabby. And, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's it, it really is un unprecedented. But and, and for fans, um, you know, it's, it's especially, you know, when football drives the boat, it's been a long time coming. Well, and I think what's fascinating by it, too, for, for me, Austin, is it's the assembly of the people here leading this program has come from all these people who are in large part no longer here, right? I mean, it, it's not like – and uh, Danny White deserves credit because, I mean, he's got football going in the right direction and there's a lot of momentum. But he inherited Rick Barnes, who was hired three ADs ago, <laughs> you know, by Dave, by Dave Hart. Um <laughs> Tony Vitello was hired by John Curry, who got run out of town because he botched a football search. Um, you, you know, and you look, I mean, Philip Fulmer hires Kelly Harper and he hires Brennan Webb, um, you know, and then here comes in Danny White and, and he hires Josh Heupel. So what's really fascinating is it's it's been this building and, and collection that's all been hired by people who got run out of town in, as the AD because they botched another sport you know, to the point that they lost their job, in particular football. Yeah, ultimately it all comes down to football, right? I mean, like Tennessee was having some success in these other sports the last few years, but once football turns the corner, then it draws like the real spotlight on everybody. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, you're right, Hubs. It's a it is a kind of a hodgepodge of who hired who, and it's not just one person. Um, you know, ultimately though, I mean, it's kind of winning breeds winning, and you know, atmospheres, you know across the board help with things, you know, football is able to take kids to a baseball game and have a show, uh, a fun time and an atmosphere there, golf, basketball, all of them, they all go to football games and they, and they will tell you to a man, all, all coaches will tell you when football's going and we can bring our official visitors in on a football weekend, that just helps our chances of landing a kid in our sport. So um, it, it all kind of works hand in hand. And now that football is kind of, seems like it's turned the corner um, I think we'll know for sure this fall that they've turned the corner. If they can back it up, then, you know, boom. Well, I, Austin, I think you make a great point just about the camaraderie between those guys. I mean, we were at football camp on Sunday, I guess it was, and the number of people that had their phones streaming the baseball game, you know, and a coach would go from one station to the next station, you know, you know, in a period of the drill, and they would run by and go, hey, you got an update on the game. You know, you got an update on the score. Tony Vitello's at all – Rob, how many basketball games is Tony Vitello hanging out, you know, at the student section or right behind Rick Barnes's bench? And the number of times we see all those coaches at football games and everything, that's the difference in it. Even when they've had success in the past, in my opinion, there's been some jealousies along the way. This has got much more of a camaraderie feel right now than I can remember having in a long, long time. Success helps that. But but these guys seem to all get along a lot more than we've seen in the past, Rob. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I mean, I think a lot of that, you know, starts with Coach Barnes and the fact that, you know, at one point in time he was the highest paid coach on campus, which never, you know, is is the case here or you know, just about any SEC school not named Kentucky, and could not, you know, could not care less that now Josh Heupel makes nearly twice as much money. As he does, I mean, supportive of that, you know, and that, you know, I think that that mindset is, you know, kind of what, what you're talking about. You talk about Coach Vitello, no, not only at, at Tennessee basketball games, but wearing his Akai Ziegler jersey. I mean, you know, how how many games is, is Coach Barnes 
out on the porch or, or, or Josh Heupel out of the porch at, at, at baseball games. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously as you put it out, winning, you know, glosses, you know, makes, makes it all, nobody would care that these three guys were, were buddies that, you know, athletes were so supportive of each other if they were, you know, going four and eight in, in, in football and not making you know, going to the NIT and basketball and that kind of thing. But it is, um, there is a lot of camaraderie and a lot of support in, in that athletic department right now. All right, let's move on and talk a little baseball. Sam Smith wants to know Tennessee gets the best college pitcher, arguably since Steven Strasburg under the lights Saturday night in Omaha. What approach would you use to survive against Skeens? And what are the appropriate expectations for the team in Omaha? Uh, Skeens, good pitcher. We know this. And, you know, it's not like he's walked a lot of guys either. He's got 188 strikeouts this year to uh, only 18 walks, which is just incredible to look at it on paper right now. You know he's going to throw hard. You know he's going to throw multiple. I say multiple. He's going to throw, you know, probably 15, 20 pitches plus 100 miles an hour. That's what he did against Tennessee the first time. Try to make him work. Uh, you know gas is coming. You know he's gotten off speed. But try to work deep into accounts. And it was good to see Maui Ahuna do that in game three of the Super Regionals. Expectations, <clears throat> excuse me, for Tennessee and, and Omaha. I mean, guys, tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, Tennessee's not the favorite, okay, but... Tennessee's not just happy to be here now. I felt like that was 2021. Tennessee's not just happy to be here. They've been to the College World Series. This is their second time in the last three years. They were the bad boys of college baseball. They were the best team, arguably, in the regular season ever last year. Um, they're not just happy to be here. They're good enough to win some games, make things interesting. They're not the favorite, but, I mean, I expect Tennessee to go out there and compete and win some games and hang around for a little while. I mean, that's my expectation. Do you, Brent, do you see anything differently? Well, I mean, they've got the pitching to be able to do that. You know, oh, yeah. even if you lose game one and get in the loser's bracket, you, you've got enough pitching that can that can let you hang around and, and, and make some noise there. My question about this team is how did they handle the moment? Okay. And uh, I, I thought they handled the moment at Clemson, obviously rallying for a win well. Um, they battled back and handled everything well in, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi after game one. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee was there two years ago, but how many of these guys were there two years ago? Um, so you, you got to be careful that you're not awestruck. You know, I, I, I remember in 95, I think Todd Helton felt like his team was a little bit in awe of being there. Like, this was, wow, it's the College World Series. So he goes to Delmonico and says, give me the ball. You know, I want to pitch game one. He throws a complete game against Clemson you know, in, in game one and was unbelievable. But but he recognized the fact that, hey, somebody's got to be out here to calm things down. That that would be my question about Tennessee is can they handle the, the moment when it starts? Because th these guys, yeah, the program's been there recently, but not a lot of guys, Austin, on this team there were hanging around when that, when that happened. That's right. Nobody. I mean, all the pitchers weren't here. I mean, well, you got bullpen arms that were here, but again, yeah, but I don't care about them. I'm talking about the, the starting pitchers that take. Them I mean, in. they're a part of the team, but yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> Frank Frank's part of the team. Tony's part of the team. I mean, like, you know, those guys can you know can impress upon some of these guys what it's like. But until you're out there in the moment, you don't know. And those bullpen arms aren't going to be out there to start that baseball game. And if Tennessee falls behind early because Andrew Lindsay has the butterflies and can't get it across the plate and walk two or three, and then somebody gives up a three-run homer, and you're down three to nothing out of the gate. Ain't nothing those bullpen arms can do outside of come in and try to, you know, you know, rectify the situation. My point is 
That's why Christian Scott's important. He wasn't playing a whole lot at the time, but he was at least here. So he understands the fill of the park. He understands the vibe. And so, like, I do think that that's something you have to at least keep in mind is most of this team was not here when the team last year. And and basically none of them really played a whole lot. So it's uh, the ones that were here. So, you know, I think that if you can get past the butterflies in game one, um, I think it helps you that they're going against schemes because I think it zeroes in the focus. If you were playing a lesser opponent, an opponent that you were favored by uh, to win by, then I think it might, you know, uh, make you go in probably less focused. I think the fact you're going in against the prohibitive favorite to be the number one pick, the, the, the best pitcher in college baseball, as Eric just said, for every strikeout he has, he has 18 strikeouts for one walk. I mean, I just, he's really, really good. And I think the focus will be there. Are, are we going to gloss over the Steven Strasburg restaurant reference and, and Eric Kane immediately having to go and go, go to the Google machine? Steve, uh, Steven Strasburg? That, that, that's my time, buddy. I know exactly who that is. Come on. Not, didn't, didn't he play college baseball in the early 2000s? He's Strasburg? No. He, he, he would. I he know likes, who he is. He skipped college or went to like a prep no, school or something. He and... played. He played for San Diego State in college. Oh no, that's old. Bryce. Bryce did that. But now Strasburg was, gosh, if he could ever stay healthy, poor guy can't even get on the mound nowadays. Um, I but yeah, I agree. But Brent said it best, and I've I beat this drum for all season long. But now you're seeing it now. I mean, you got pitching. When you if you lose a game. You still feel good about your options. I mean, literally, they, they feel so great about A.J. Russell, and A.J. Russell's barely pitched this postseason, you know, just because they, they've been saving him, right? Because he's another option to go out there and throw five innings if you need it. So, um, Well, it's and, 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 and Austin said it best, and this is right. I mean, the fact of who they're playing Saturday night and the pitcher they're going against, nobody expects Tennessee to win. I mean, all the pressures on LSU money, to, win yeah. the game, to win the game, right? I mean, they're they're he's the best pitcher in baseball. They were the number one team in the country for a good bit of the season. They are a favorite in a lot of people's eyes to to be in the championship series. So so they're the underdog. I mean, they, they can play Cinderella a little bit, if you will. Yeah, they got a lot of pitching, but uh, you know, everybody's going to say, you know, all right, LSU moves on Saturday night. That nobody's going to pick Tennessee to to win that game, which. I don't think it's a bad place for Tennessee to be at at all because I think that's that's easier for them to relax and play, but because there is not pressure on them as if they were playing, you know, they were a one seed or the top two seed out there playing, you know, one of the lesser quote lesser seeds in that tournament. So well, I, I, I don't think it's a bad situation, bad setup, Rob. Eric, I think it, I mean you know better than anybody. You're right. I think it fits their mindset perfectly. I mean, what we've seen the last two weekends. I mean, they go to Clemson. You hear, you know, Clemson's won 17 in a row. Tennessee's terrible on the road. You know, they they win that that region in, in incredibly dramatic fashion. They get snubbed for hosting a region. You know, have to go on the road to to Southern Miss. I, I just think, I mean, I think this team uses that stuff as, as fuel and, and plays great in, with a chip on their shoulder. I think so too. I mean, you look at this bracket too. The, the, the side of the bracket of their you know regional they got to get out of to to make it to the College World Series final. I mean, you got LSU on Saturday, sure. You got Wake Forest in that region or in that bracket, and you got Stanford in that bracket. Whereas on the other side, good baseball teams, I'm not saying they're not, but, well, you look at Florida, you really like Florida's path to the College World Series final, uh, final you know, for sure, with TCU, Virginia, and Oral Roberts, who are good teams. But, 
uh, they're not Wake or LSU. So yeah, Rob, I agree. They kind of kind of feast on that mindset and and they'll put it to use uh, in Omaha this weekend. Let's go now to uh, Athron. Got a couple of recruiting questions with Fountain to USC for now. Who is the top edge rushing targets standing, and, and what are the standing with those targets? Well, I mean Tennessee's going to you know continue to swing at guys like Elijah Rushing and Danny Okoye. Um, you know those are probably a, a, a touch. You know, um, I'll, uh, I don't know. Unrealistic is probably not the right word, but the, the, they're just a tougher road to land those guys. Um, and the, I, I just think you played a long game with Cam Fountain. You know, um, you know that one's pretty fresh. It's why they're not bringing him in here at the end of the month. Makes no sense um, because you know he just committed to USC. Let that one kind of lie and get a little distance between that commitment and that visit, and you know try to get him in here for a, a visit this fall. Thoughts on where Tennessee is with uh, Winery after his Oklahoma visits? Looked rather bored in a couple of Twitter posts I've seen. No smiles, no nothing. I think that's just his personality. Uh, Williams Winery is not exactly Mr. Uh, he's not going to be grinning from ear to ear, right? Like, he, that's just not who he is. Dylan Stewart's the same way. I mean, those kids are reserved. They are more stone-faced. That's just their personalities. Um, so I, I don't think you can base anything based off of uh, a Twitter picture. Um, you know, I think Tennessee's still very much in this one. Uh, comes to town this weekend, and we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Again, this weekend, next weekend, and then, the you know, the following – you know, three to four weeks are massive for this recruiting class. What starters are on the edge and might come back for the baseball team if they don't like their draft position? Hoping Denton comes back selfishly. Um, you know, real quick, Dickey's going to be drafted. He's gone. Inslee, Inslee's back. Scott's out of eligibility. Denton is a guy that I could see coming back. Shortstop Maui's going to be drafted. Right side of the infield's coming back uh, in terms. I mean, at this time, in terms of they're not draft eligible. Uh, your catchers, you're in a good spot there. Pitching, Doe's gone, Lindsey's gone uh, to the draft, um, and then there's some bullpen arms. You know, you know that Sewell's going to be gone. He's out of eligibility, but a lot of those guys have the options to come back and use that COVID year. So uh, it's kind of a, a wait and see approach. But Denton would be the one to watch because he does, um, to my understanding, have a COVID year, and he's kind of. You know, he could get drafted, but it might not be, you know, worth it if you want to come back and try to up your stock. So, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, last one here from Athron. How crazy are the next six weeks going to be in recruiting for the Vols over under five and a half? Um, I think they'll be plenty crazy. I will go. Uh, if, if you're having if, you, if you're having the success you hope you're having, it, it better be over. Um, if, if not, then, you know, it's going to be more of a uh, bang your head moment. But, I mean, you got to factor in. Boo's committing Saturday. Ronan O'Connell is going to come to a decision pretty quick. Edwin Spillman, and I think Amari Jefferson uh, does something sometime in the next six weeks or so. I mean, he's probably the least likely of them to not do something in the next six weeks, um, but I think it's still possible. All those are in-state kids. And then, you know, you know, you know, Braylon Russell's coming off the board July 20, or July 14th. Um, you know, there, there's several um, – several guys that are going to come off the board there in the month of July. And so for that very, Max Anderson's another guy for that very reason, um, you know, you better hope it's, it's North of what he just said. I heard Vols wants to know, will Grant Furking be the Jimmy Sexton of NIL? Um, no, yeah, it's a total different deal. I think, I think Grant Furking is going to be a guy who, 
Um, I think is, he just means is Grant Farkin going to be a name that's uh, that's known in this realm and it's going to be very successful, yeah, essentially? Because he's a former athlete who's a business guy who's been successful that understands it and is committed through, you know, his work with On3 to, to further educate guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think his name is going to be out there with NIL because I think he is going to be a guy who can not only talk to business owners, you know, or donors or school administrators, but he can also talk to players about NIL stuff, Austin. And I, and I think he's committed to trying to help guys who were who are players like he was understand how to use your name and, and your image to, to make money out there. So, I mean, I, I don't think his name is going away in the NIL world anytime soon. No, it's not. I mean, again, he just got done playing. So he's going to connect for with, with uh, recruits, with, uh, you know, current players at schools all across the country, um, you know, for a long time because he's not that old. And, you know, I mean, 20 years from now, who knows what it looks like five years from now, much less 20 years from now. 20 years from now, probably a little – harder to connect uh, with, with high school kids just because you get older. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you know, depending on who knows what he's doing, you know, in that realm. So I just don't think you can compare the two. All right. We got plenty more questions left here on Tennessee recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Tennessee football, and a whole lot more. But first a word from our proud sponsors, exterior home solutions, your roof. It's the most important protection against nature for your home or your business. That's why I trust the experts at Exterior Home Solutions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we continue on here on the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Big thanks, as always, to Exterior Home Solutions. HS Vol wants to know, do you think Elijah Harry? Hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I've never been more nervous than trying to get hubs off that roof. I mean, that that new hip, I mean, that had disaster written all over it. Now keep going. <laughs> do you I think Elijah Herring pushes Keenan Peely for snaps by the back half of the season? And what do you predict the most valuable um, outside of Milton uh, player is on offense and defense this year? I, I, well, I can answer the second question really easy. But I, as far as uh, Elijah Herring, I just think it depends on how Peely adjusts to playing in the league, Hubbard. I mean, like, you know, I mean, he, he had that injury a couple of years ago. I'm not sure he was fully back healthy last year. If he's back to his old self and can and adjust well to this league, then I'm not sure he's pushing him for snaps. I do think he plays. I think BJ is going to play a bigger rotation um, of, of players at linebacker in 2023. And as far as uh, the most important player on this team is not Joe Milton. It's Cooper Mays. If Cooper Mays goes down, uh, it's going to be woof. Uh, trying to figure out who is going to snap the ball and, and and run this offense from the center spot. So Cooper Mays is the most important player of the team, and that's not my affinity for the Mays brothers. I'd say the same thing of Ollie Lane, the only center they had 
it is what it is, and uh, yeah. they just don't have yeah, a whole lot of. Yeah, the center's a va- such a valuable position for this offense. I- I'll say this: I mean, I- I- Eric, I-, I thought Brian Jean Marie rotated linebackers a-, a ton a year ago. I mean, you know, heavy. Ro- at some points in time, you're like, wait a minute, what-, what are they doing here? You know, what- what- why are they rotating here? So, I-, I think his approach, because they play so many snaps on defense, not going to rotate as much as they do on the defensive line, but he is going to regularly rotate guys. So. Um, Elijah Herring is going to get reps because he's going to be in the regular rotation, uh, whatever series that is. He's going to get playing time, and and we'll and we'll get that. I, I think that BJ sees that much more as, you know, I've got four guys who can help me at linebacker, uh, and you know, or more compared to two years ago where he said I got one and a half linebacker, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm trying to piecemeal this thing together. I mean, he's in a total different place with his personnel right now. And I think he's going to play a bunch of those guys, more than just four probably when it's all said and done. I completely agree. I think we get too caught up in the term starter. Um, Sometimes in basketball, for sure. Rob, I hear you say this all the time. You know, who are the five out there? doesn't matter because um, you you got guys who are going to have those minutes all the time. It's kind of the same with the front seven in football, especially, right? I mean, the defensive line, you know it. Aaron Beasley wasn't a starter last year, quote-unquote, you know, for over, you know, the majority of the games last year, but he led the team in tackles. So, I mean, he he plays his snaps, and, of course, he'll be a starter this year. So, I couldn't agree more. And as far as important players, I mean, Jacob Warren on offense is so important because that tight end position is so important. And also, again, I'll echo you guys, the center position, because Tennessee's just never had a true backup center that you had confidence in, really, since Josh Heupel's been here. So, uh, that is that is of great importance. Let's go to uh, Slappy Ball. For players that OV June the 16th weekend, how many end up in the 2024 class over under three and a half? Percentages, AP. Give me percentages. For next weekend. That's hard. You know, I'm just not comfortable doing that one at this point. I mean, I love to play these games as much as anybody, but, you know. What about the next weekend? Over under seven and a half. Comfortable there? I guess that's a no. Bottom line, these next two weekends, there's going to be a ton of kids on campus. Tennessee's yeah. got to make some moves, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, again, like, you know, this weekend, you've got Evan Spellman coming to town. That's, you know, super important. You want to, you want to get that one, you know, finished out. Um, you know, and he'll take the Georgia visit next weekend, but I still think Tennessee's in a great spot there. And, you know, the, the Ronan O'Connell visit, you know, next weekend, um, is, is, is similar type deal. You want to, you want to show strong, finish that one out, um, all that stuff. So I mean, you know, just the next two weeks and then the subsequent three or four weeks after that for when kids announce will be massive. All right, let's go to uh, Grover Levy. So what we got a couple of questions. What role, if any, did seating capacity play in the decision to like Southern Miss as a host school for this weekend? I mean, yeah, you had an opportunity to make a couple more thousand dollars and sell about three with three thousand more tickets if three games were played, which they were, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, you look at all the standing room only tickets and all those tents beyond the outfield wall, and I mean, it looked really cool on TV, and they had the ability to do that more so than Lindsey Nelson did. Recent decommitment of J.J. Harrell in, in any way tied to the Vols' chances of landing the big three of Amari Jefferson, Mike Matthews, and Ryan Wingo. From the outside looking in, it seems as though it might be as apparently the only plan is to take three wide receivers. No. No. We're, we're at a point where, like, like 
these don't have anything to do with the other. Two, um, Tennessee, I've said for, you know, six to eight weeks, Tennessee's going to take four, 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 four wide receivers. So, you know, whether that's three in the preps and one in the portal, whether that's four and, you know, whatever, they're going to take four. Like, they're super thin at that receiver spot. And if, you know, again, if Dante Thornton is who Tennessee hopes he is, then he's going to be one and done, which means you know, Brew, Mel, and, and Dante are all out the door and, you know, headed to the league or exhausted eligibility, however you want to say it. And then it's, you know, a bunch of guys plus Squirrel who haven't played. Okay, and uh, a basketball question, or two questions, uh, Rob. Given the performance of Jemai Meshack and his ability to, and the lack of ability to attack the Ram by Tennessee players, do you see an increased role for him next year? I would think so. I mean, I would, I would think his role would be similar to maybe what it was, you know, coming down the stretch in, in the tournament. I, mean, I, I know the coaches loved what they got from, from Jemai. Um, and when you look at the, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a great offensive player, and I don't want to sell him short. I mean, maybe he will be. But he's he already proved it done. I was going to say, if looking at the the jump he made from freshman to sophomore year, if he can continue, you know, kind of kind of on that trajectory, I mean, I, I think Jamai has a chance to be one of the best two way players in the league because of how good he is on on defense. If he can just become, an, you know, an adequate three point shooter, you know, put that in with his ability to slash. I, I like Jemai a lot. Yes, I think he will have a big role on, on this team. And again, that that term, you know, starter, he might not be a starter, but he will play a whole lot of minutes. He'll be one of those guys playing 20-plus minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, JP Australia seems to be the pro, prototypical stretch four who can contribute sooner rather than later. Um, how does this staff see him? Is that kind of how they see him? Yeah, it got to get stronger. I mean, I, I'm not sure what, what freshman year is going to look like for him just because he, he really you know, does need to add weight. I mean, he's one of those kids that, you know, hit hit, hit that growth spurt in high school going from a you know kid who was a 6'2", 6'3", guard to now he's a, a 6'11", rim protector, still has a lot of those guard skills. Uh, to me, he's the most intriguing guy in, in this class. And, I you know, I count Freddie in, in there as an early enrollee just because of, you know, the skill set JP does have it. Yeah, he can he can step out at six foot ten, six foot eleven, knock down perimeter shots. He's a legit rim protector. He can handle the ball, has really nice vision. And, and again, the challenge with JP gotta gotta get stronger. How soon it will happen for him, I don't I don't know. Right now his his physicality is not at the same place his skill set is. But how, he's would, he's a really intriguing player. How would you compare him to Jokic? Do you think he can be tempted to <laughs> Yeah, he puts on about a hundred pounds and and half a and half a foot. Uh, balls by nineteen ninety eight wants to know Brent Hubs. Uh, do you like on three so far, and what does VolQuest need to do to be the number one network in in uh, on three? Right, more people subscribe, right? Um, <laughs> your friends. I mean, you know, hey, it's that, a great June promo right now. Go ahead and do it. I mean, that's you know, that's the bottom line. But I mean, and we've got to continue to produce a great product for you. Um, and, and that's our goal. And we're always trying to evolve and change and move forward. And um, obviously we love being, you know, I love being a part of the on three family. I, I, it's, it's because of the people that are around the help that you get from a regional standpoint, a national standpoint, other team sites. Um, the fact that, you know, everybody, um, you know, has been, has been a blessing. So yeah, it's been a ton of fun. And, and again, we hope you tell all your friends and, and we hope that you take advantage of the opportunities and the promos that we have out there. And then, 
at that point, it's on us to deliver. And uh, hopefully we have delivered well for you uh, so far, and we'll continue to only deliver better and better moving forward. All right, let's move on now to hitter. Daniel Calhoun spends more time at Tennessee than he does at his own house. Why hasn't he committed yet? Uh, Because he spends a lot of time also at Georgia and Alabama. And right now I would lean the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy who's been on the road a bunch. I mean, for, for a couple of years. I mean, he's taken a ton of unofficial visits to a lot of places. He's been to Miami, I think, what, two or three times AP? Yeah. Um, you know, he's got some ties to Alabama, uh, obviously Georgia in state. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's been here th- this spring, you know, multiple times, but, uh, he, he's not moving up here every weekend. He's been to Georgia as much as he's been to Tennessee. Uh, and he's been to Alabama as much as he's been to Tennessee. All right. We got a baseball question here. Tennessee baseball is going to have fresh arms in Omaha, fresh bullpen arms in Omaha. Uh, do you think not getting work in the bullpen with some of those arms is going to hurt Tennessee? Um, not being in a high-stress environment, yada, yada, yada. I, I know what you're saying, but no. Um, you know, guys being rested is a really, really good thing. Plus, your you know your Burns, your Halversons, your Sewells, they've been getting work. Um, these guys still throw bullpens every other day. They're staying sharp and everything. And, and, and you know, Kirby and, and Aaron Combs and some of these guys have gotten a little bit of work. Just not an awful lot, but your horses have gotten work, and uh, the fact that you are fresh and as 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 rejuvenated as you could possibly be heading into Omaha, uh, that is a great great thing. See, so if you could make up your baseball super team from the last five years, goodness gracious, how would that lineup look like? I'm not I'm not doing a lineup, guys, but help me out here. Last five years, there have been some you know pretty good Tennessee baseball players, and that's you've seen some guys go to the show and and, and work their way up. Ben Joyce would be on that team. I think Drew Gilbert would be on that team for sure. Um, Andre Lipsius would probably be on that team. Um, Jordan Beck would be on that team. Um, I'm not. I'm not equipped to answer that question. I mean, there, there's been a lot of guys who have gone on and been drafted the last five years under Tony Vitello for sure. Um, the, you know, the ones I just mentioned. You were Trey Lipscomb, you know, last year. There's probably some more I'm forgetting, but those are probably some of the highlights of the last five years, um, for sure. And then let's let's finish off with okay, a rocky top T. I like our receiver room, but I think Bruce should be the go-to guy this year. He is a beast. What is your thoughts on that? Anybody? Yeah, I mean, you know, Bruce had a great year, great first year here last year. Um, I know he's really had a strong off season and hopes to build upon that this year and. You know, I do think he gets more targets. Um, but you also have to factor in, you know, Joe's super tight with Ramel Keaton. Those two kind of bonded uh, when they were on the, you know, with the twos a year ago for Ramel kind of, you know, filled in for Cedric Tillman when he was hurt. And then, you know, uh, they really like that slot position a lot, you know, in this offense. So, I mean, I think Brew will get plenty of targets. And I think he has uh, a, a big part in this, this offense. But I still think, you know, the slot positions where you're going to see a ton of play. Okay, we will end here with two more baseball questions. Kind of a lot here, and that's okay because Tennessee's in Omaha. Uh, CN31, assume Beam, Burns, Halverson are the weekend guys next season, but Burns is so good at closing out games. Would you want to take his arm away from the bullpen, go to the portal, and get another arm? Uh, Halverson's going to be drafted, so Halverson's going to be gone. Um, Burns is 100% a starting option next year. Uh, Also, I would not shock me whatsoever if Tennessee is to go out 
and get a pitcher from the portal, whether that be starting and or in the bullpen. Tennessee will be active in the portal. A.J. Russell is also a very, very great, great candidate to be a starting pitcher next year as well, the freshman All-American. So those are some things to keep in mind. And do you think playing on the road in Super Regional was a blessing in disguise instead of playing in the home run friendly ballpark? No, I mean, I think playing on the road and kind of getting over that I can't win on the road um, you know, mentality is, is a good thing because you went to Clemson, you won that region, and you did it in dramatic fashion, outlasting the Tigers in 14 innings. You go to Southern Miss, hostile environments. You go back to South Carolina fans. too, Eric. That's three in a row, really. Yeah, yeah, in South Carolina in the regular season, absolutely. And, and you've proven, okay, sure, you, the record wasn't great at the, you know, the points of times of the season, but you've proven now that you went on the road. And – so I, I don't I don't really buy into that anymore. Plus, I mean this team was thirty three and five at home. So if this team was playing at home, I think they'd be excited. But um, I don't think it has anything to do with the dimensions at Lindsey Nelson Stadium and who they were playing. So um, we'll see what Tennessee looks like in Omaha this week. And it's it's its second trip to the College World Series in the last three years. Six overall uh, should be exciting for sure. Uh, appreciate all you guys for sending in your questions to the mall, the vault quest mailbag podcast. Uh, we got an incredible deal, a June promo going on right now, $1 for three months or half off. And, um, it, it's, it's going on for a limited amount of time. So go ahead and, and get that in here at vaultquest.com If you want to become a new member, join us on the general's quarters, really, really good June promo. It's not going to last much longer. That's right. You can for- get three months of Trey McNutt coverage, baby for $1. <laughs> It only took 37 minutes and we got the drop. I'm surprised it didn't it didn't, you know, creep in here before that. <laughs> For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, Rob Lewis, I am Eric Kane. Big shout out as always to our friends Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. I appreciate you guys and uh we'll see you on the General's Quarters. This has been the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.